0: Hello, welcome to the Juicebox Podcast. You're listening to episode 124, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. Today's episode is with Michelle, Stella's mother, and it is possibly my favorite episode to date. Thanks very much to our sponsors, Dexcom and Omnipod for continuing to support the Juicebox Podcast. We'll talk more about the sponsors later in the show, but for now, you can go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to find out more. please remember that nothing you hear on the juice box podcast should be considered advice medical or otherwise always consult a physician before making changes to your health care plan
1: hello my name is michelle i live in the pacific northwest with my wife a mother to two kiddos one with type one and um we are active in a lot of sports and uh, and living the dream out here.
0: So you have, you said you have two kids. One of them has type one. How old are the kids?
1: My son is 10 and then my daughter's 11. Uh, she'll be 12 soon, but she thinks she's about 14 sometimes. So. And
0: she's the one with type one, is that right?
1: Yes, she is, yes. Are we gonna just uh, call her your
0: daughter or do you have a name? Or? Um, her name's Stella. Why don't you tell people how we met and, and what the conversation was like, and then we'll sort of go from there.
1: Well, I reached out to Scott with an email after we uh, had had a, we had a visit with a chief pediatric psychologist at our endocrinologist office, wanting um, some help for our family, trying to just balance the, the care of Stella between my husband and I and, and life. And uh, we went to that appointment and it was not helpful it was really negative and um kind of second guessing everything that we've done thus far for Stella's care it was the things that he was sharing i mean one of his comments was you need to run her care like a business and so you know meaning taking the emotion out of it which is much easier said than done um he our, Stella's last A1C was 6.9 which we are all quite proud of we work hard, it's kind of a team effort to help Stella and, uh, and he said that that's not sustainable and you know, gave us a list of why it's not sustainable so it was really uh, it didn't feel good, it was not a good visit Well how long, how long has
0: Stella had diabetes?
1: <laughs> um, she, it'll be six years this April so she was diagnosed a month after her fifth birthday so, you're so at- we've been at
0: you have yeah. been at it for a while, yeah. Right. So you're at it for six years. You have our A1C in a great spot. Um, I'm a, And you're looking for a little more balance. You're trying to figure out how to not you know, burn one of you or your husband or out or get into a situation where your kids open the door one day and you're laying on the living room floor like pummeling each other <laughs> or something like that, right? You're trying it, to exactly. – Exactly. Yes, balance. Yeah, looking for balance. And you go in um, – it sounds like to me you went in and you're like, look, we've got this going really well. We just need it to be a little – more workable, a little easier. Like, how do we continue on this? And instead of working towards that, this gentleman just told you that what you were doing was never going to work and give up. I mean, what was the what was the message at the end? Like, what were you supposed to do?
1: Well, um, and that, I guess that's why I reached out to you because you've never advocated for you know what. Just don't do anything. Your A one C can end up being whatever, whatever it is. It's it's not a big deal. He was saying that. A1C isn't like a point of reference that we should be using. And when we go visit her endocrinologist every three to four months, we'd always talk about it, and then what, we what, looked at that. What did he
0: say? What did he say you should be using as a point of reference for how your care is going?
1: He was saying that uh, he has a friend that has type 1 diabetes, which immediately is like a red flag. Cause just because your <laughs> friend has it doesn't mean you truly get it. But okay. So he had a friend that has had diabetes, and he's been in the um the field for 30 years, mm-hmm. so he's been doing this for 30 years, um, he was trying to tell us that diabetes is going to do whatever it's going to do, meaning you don't want to eat the same thing every day, and you don't want to, he was saying regardless of what we try to do, we are going to get the same results, or and diabetes is going to fluctuate, and he basically sound like you could have no control over it, is was okay. the take, was what I was getting from it.
0: Okay, so I think that, I think this, I think that there's been a, so let me just ask this question real quickly. Are you using any kind of, does Stella use any kind of diabetes technology? She have a pump, a pen? What? what yes,
1: she, she she has a pump. Mm-hmm. She has um, the Dexcom G5. Okay. She has the app on her iPhone. And then we just did an Apple Watch. And every time that we've upgraded technology, the A1C has, has, nudge down a smidge, Go and better. it's such a game changer, and we wonder, how did we do this before?
0: Right. So, so so my point is this, is that you're using pretty much every available tool that that sort of the best that is available right now. And, and so what I'm hearing is a doctor telling you, I have 30 years at this, right? Is that what he said? Yeah. I'm 30 gonna,
1: long years. I'm yeah. Gonna,
0: I'm going <laughs> to tell you something. I have a very close friend who's a doctor who told me that he won't see doctors personally who are over 40 years old because... They get stuck in something that an idea an old idea They don't keep up with journals or the way people do things as much anymore. They sort of get into a process so what I hear this guy telling you is something that was That I've heard in the past be a very popular kind of like, you know call in the diabetes community, which is you know when people are struggling someone inevitably will come to you and say you know, they want to alleviate that struggle from you. They want to take away the guilt and the pain and the pressure and all that stuff, which is a very noble cause and, and should definitely be accomplished. But but I think sometimes mistakenly the way people do it is they go, hey, listen, this is completely out of your hands. And, you know, so it's going to be what it's going to be and you can't beat yourself up over it. So there's truth in both sides of that statement, Michelle. There's there's truth in both sides. It is It is mainly out of your hands and you should not beat yourself up about it. But but there are very manageable tools and decisions you can make that That will still keep your a1c Near where you want it to be if not where you want it to be and and it sounded to me like this doctor knew the reality of the Situation, but then didn't know how to help you find that balance in a new world
1: and and he did say some I mean his like you said his he didn't want it to run our entire life A higher and a higher A1C is okay. Um, But like he, his comment, one of his comments was, you know, the average people that we see in this clinic are at 8.8. And so we, all three of us are kind of like looking at each other. So, you know, what, so we're bad right now. Like, (laughs) I mean, like he, he pulled up the lifetime graph and asked us, what do you guys think about this? And we all, the three of us, my husband, Stella and I all comment, like, this is awesome. This is hard work. This is right. this is getting the job done. And, and then he and then as soon as we commented on that, that's when he went into his. Uh...
0: Well, listen, I, I have to say something. I think that I think this. I think that if you grew up in a a community where fifty percent of the people ended up in prison. I don't know that I don't know that your mother would start off her parenting in the morning by going, "Hey, listen, just do your best." But odds are, you're going to jail. Don't even worry about it, right? Like I mean, that that would be an odd way to start the process. And so, yeah. what I think is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, <laughs> I mean, it's just not a terrible good, to me. Not a good idea. But 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 you get where he's coming from. I do. And at the same time. I don't think that's something that you need to accept. And I also don't think it's something you need to struggle with. So I can tell you this, diabetes is a fairly small part of my day. I I don't spend a ton of time focused on it, thinking about it or doing anything like that. But but what I've got, you know, and and here's a great place to talk about this. I've been dying to talk about this somewhere. And, you know, I, I say sometimes how the podcast and the blog help me, but I'm never very clear about that. But but I've really thought about it recently, and, and I know why it is. It's because at some point I decided I seem to have some information that the people coming up behind me don't have yet. They're behind me. I'm walking a path. They, they've just started. I'm a little farther ahead. It seems wrong not to turn around and yell, hey, there's a pothole right there. Walk to your left, right? And of so her. I do that. Somebody walks to the left, and then they send me a really nice note and say, "Hey, you know, I didn't fall in that pothole because of what you said, and I really appreciate that. You know, please let me know if there's any other potholes coming." And then, exactly, I, it sort of feels like then I feel like, okay, well, let me find the next pothole so I can tell them about it. And what I didn't realize in the beginning was, in this effort to learn so that I could share, I was getting much better taking care of my daughter, and so the desire to be a valuable part of the community ended up being the onus for me being able to take great care of my daughter. So everybody can do that at some point. And I don't mean you have to help someone to get it, although you should try to help people if you can. But, but what I mean is, is you have this experience and then you build on it and you have another experience and you build on it. And so, so the helping has, has, I don't want to say force, but it's encouraged me to continue to look for more answers. And, and 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 so, once you have all this kind of all these answers together, then it's about putting them together and making it a cohesive working idea. And that is probably where some people fall short. Some people have the experiences. They have a crazy low, and they get out of it. And they'll have a crazy high and they get out of it, or they, they knock down a spike and they figure it out. but maybe they never actually put all the pieces together. Hey. And, and that's a reasonable thing, Michelle. Your life is difficult. It's long. You have jobs. You have children. There are other things in the world you're trying to do. And I have the the real benefit, it's a pleasure, to be able to sit down every week and thoughtfully speak about this with somebody. Take time. Like, pause. And, and that's something I learned when I, I wrote a book a lot of years ago. And what I realized is the greatest gift of writing the book to me was to be able to, like, give myself the permission to stop paying attention to the rest of life for a minute and just remember my my life, like to look back on it. That's not something we do. We never we never take the time to think about yesterday or last year because every, because now is happening. Um, and so while the book gave me the opportunity to stop and remember my life thoughtfully, this podcast gives me the opportunity to stop and remember these 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 lessons that diabetes are teaching thoughtfully, and I get the chance to piece them together and that's all you're missing in my opinion
1: Well, and, that, and I feel like I look for like I'm in our family I'm the I'm always re- I want to read the latest um, treatments and technology and what's the latest and the greatest and take pieces of that and see how it
0: could help our family so mm-hmm. but it's hard to keep up with though don't you also want to do your dishes true. the laundry cut your grass go grocery shopping go to your job uh, pick the dirt out between your toenail and your like your toe like, like there's yeah. a lot of stuff to do You you know what I mean so
1: yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so it's, it's just pri- priorities. Like, if I can make Stella's life better, like, I'll let the grass, you know, maybe it may look like we have a foreclosed home, but Stella's got <laughs> this new thing, you know? Like,
0: I get what that. the heck? <laughs> but I think the doctor's point, and my point is, is, those things don't have to, they're not mutually exclusive. They don't need to be, at the very least. And maybe they do for a minute. Maybe you do have to shut down everything for a minute to pull it together. But once you do, I think he's wrong. I think once you do and you have those pieces together then diabetes really does become a really smaller part of your life and i feel like that's a tagline for omnipod which i didn't do on purpose but it's a good it's a good sentiment like it really is it's it's it is it's um it's like anything else once you've done it enough times and you can incorporate it into your day to day it really doesn't take as much thought or consideration and i know that sounds crazy but but you know like Ard, arden's dexcom had the the warm up period this morning okay and, and it happened as she was getting out of bed and so she was gonna get up, get dressed, go to school, blah, blah, blah. And for those two, and her blood sugar was 150 when I tested her. So I had to give her a bunch of insulin and send her to school without our Dexcom. That might sound scary to people who are accustomed now to remembering it, but I remember not having one. And that's an experience, and that's an experience I draw from. But I also remember Every other two-hour period since she's been wearing it at 7.30 in the morning. And I know how it goes for the most part. So I just didn't do anything differently. And you know what? Two hours later, she tested again. She was 1.30. We bolused a little more. And we'll bang it down to where we want it before we pre-bolused for lunch. But I've never been scared. I wasn't scared through those two hours. I wasn't anxious. I didn't text her. I I just sort of trusted what I've learned, I guess. You know what I mean?
1: I like that. That makes sense. Yes. I mean, that when Stella doesn't have her decks come on, I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking, it's not scary. Like you said, you've had a seven a.m. Um, mornings, many of those that she has it on. So you just roll with what's Every happened day. in the past.
0: Right. Like, and look, here's the secret, right? If today happens to be the day where diabetes gets sideways, because it can, right? It could just her blood sugar could shoot up out of nowhere. It could drop out of nowhere. A ton of different things could happen. Right. If this is the day that happens, then then I then I take your doctor's advice. Then this is the day that happens. Then roll with it and fix it and keep going, right? Right. right. But, but there's no there's I mean it just seems like such poor medical sense to me to tell you, hey, a lot of people don't have very good A one Cs, right? So don't feel like you need to. I mean, what does that even mean? Well, and, you, but, you know? we got. No, go ahead. No, it's just, it's confounding. I'm getting angry, Michelle, and it's well, not it's go- early where you are, and I don't want to make you upset.
1: Oh, no. No, this is how I, like, I was furious. It was silent the whole ride home. The doctor's office is about an hour from our home. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a numbing feeling. Like, we didn't really know what to say. It was really, it was a bizarre feeling. And um, then we get home and, you know, kind of do a recap of his visit. And I'm like, I wanted to hear what Stella. I go, Stella, how do you feel, you know? And she goes, I felt like he, you know, criticized our current efforts. And she goes, and I don't want an A1C of 10. Like, that was her comment. Right. And with and so I don't want an 11-year-old super focused on the A1C. Like, if I don't have it at this number, I'm failing. Yes. But she knows. I mean, her A1C was 9.5 um, after diagnosis. She was in kindergarten. She had a lot of stomach pain. Um very hard to manage we were using you know three different kinds of insulin and uh you know nph didn't peak at the right time it was hard it was new and she didn't feel good and she i i think she's old enough to remember that when she says that she goes i don't want an a1c of 10 like she knows how that felt and it wasn't a good feeling so no
0: it it doesn't listen even if she doesn't (laughs) even if she doesn't remember it like, there's some basic concepts here. And I, I just, I'm going to keep beating them until the world hears them, I guess. When your blood sugar is too high or too low, you're altered. And so just, just keep in mind that if your blood sugar is 200, you are not having the same reaction to something as you would if it was 95. And if it was 300, it might be more severe. And if it was 60, it might be more severe. And when that's happening, those moments of your life are, that's not really you. You, you know what I mean, and it's, it's especially difficult when you're the parent of somebody. When you look down, and you say, "Wow, there's my kid acting in a way, and her blood sugar's 300." I wonder who she'd really be in this situation. That's yeah. not—it's—it's it's, it's, it's not a good feeling, right? It's not, and you want to not live in that feeling as much as possible. With the with the caveat and the understanding that it's gonna happen, your blood sugar is gonna rock it up out of nowhere, and you'll ha- you'll handle it and get done with it. But to be told that oh, it's 300. That's what happens. I mean, that's not incorrect, but where's the rest of the sentence? That's what happens. Here's what you could have done to keep that from happening. Here's how you could have affected it, um, you know, more more briskly and gotten, ta- gotten it taken care of faster. My daughter's blood sugar shoots up to 300 sometimes.
1: That makes me feel good. Yeah. But we just, <laughs> not, not really, but, you know. Uh, no,
0: I- well, listen, it's, it's a point well taken, though, because you come on here and you talk about the way to accomplish things. And it's important to mention sometimes, like everything doesn't go right all the time. Arden's blood sugar is not, like, like Arden has had a five eight a one c, and still had moments where her blood sugar was one eighty and two hundred, and, and it gets stuck, and I can't move it. That that still happens, you, you know. But it's but it's an average. So if she's also had a ton of time in that three month period where her blood sugar was just very steady at eighty five while she was sleeping for weeks at a time, that's how you get a lower a one c. It's an average. You know, I, I don't want anyone to think that Arden's A1C is six, for instance, because I have her blood sugar at 110 constantly. It it's it it's it's at that number because I figured out how to quickly affect the high blood sugar if I needed to, or how not to overtreat a low blood sugar, or I know how to pre bolus well enough to stop a spike at a meal time. All right, guys, it's time to talk about the sponsors, but I'm a little melancholy today, if, I, if I'm being honest with you, so I'm, I'm having trouble getting up the excitement for the ads, but you know it's not the sponsor's fault, so I'm going to give it my best here. <clears throat> you ready? As most of you may know, my daughter Arden uses the Dexcom G5 Mobile Continuous Glucose Monitoring System, which tracks her glucose levels throughout the day and night, notifying her of highs and lows so she can take action. But that's not all it does. Dexcom also has a share feature, so Arden can have up to five loved ones, like her mother and I, track her numbers in real time. No matter where Arden is, or what she's doing, she always has backup. Now, if that's the kind of peace of mind that seems like something that you'd like to know more about, I definitely think you should go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox, or click on the link in your show notes. But please keep in mind that CGM-based treatment requires finger sticks for calibration, It may result in hypoglycemia if calibration is not performed or symptoms, expectations do not match CGM readings. You can always contact Dexcom toll free at 877-339-2664 for detailed indications for use and safety information. Not bad, huh? Summer time's winding down. And as I look back and I think of all we've done this summer hard and running all over the East Coast playing softball. My son's been visiting colleges and playing in baseball showcases. Um, I don't even know if we've been on a vacation. I don't think we have, but we've been to the pool, we've been to parties and picnics, and there's been a lot going on. A lot of those situations bring up issues if you have type one diabetes. Lots of crazy food you don't know the carb counts for, lots of activity, heat, running around, swimming. It's all, you know, a lot. But one thing makes all of that so much easier. And that one thing is the Omnipod. Sure, the Omnipod is an insulin pump. And you might think, yeah, it's just an insulin pump. But it's not just an insulin pump. It's a tubeless insulin pump. It's a self-contained device, which means there's no tubing coming off of you or running around your clothing. You don't have to disconnect it to get into the pool or to the water of any kind, to be honest. A shower to, to go play a sport. You're not... Going down a water slide saying, Hey, let me just disconnect from my insulin for a while. You just do what you do. Now, I can't tell you how amazing that is. I mean, I can try, right? But I can't really, really tell you. But there's a way for you to find out, and it's free and it has no obligation. You go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, and Omnipod will send you a free, no obligation demo pod so you can see exactly what I'm talking about. You can hold it in your hand and say to yourself, is this what Scott told me it was? I think it is. And I want to try more. And then you just keep going with the process. And if you don't like it, don't do anything with it. I don't know, stick it to your forehead, take a weird picture, put it on Instagram, tag me. But otherwise, try it. Try a demo pod. You will not be sorry that you did. Don't forget Dexcom.com forward slash juice box and myomnipodcom forward slash juice box. And now, back to the podcast.
1: We took pre-bolusing from one of your podcasts, and then I explained it to my husband and Stella. They love the idea. We started doing it, and then, weird, these spikes are gone. Like, I mean, and so, like... You, I guess, you, were like, eating,
0: I, I you were eating without insulin. You just don't real. You think about it differently. Like we injected yeah. it; it's in there, so the insulin's in there, and now I'm eating. Right. But that's not true. The insulin's in there; it just isn't doing anything yet.
1: Right. We would do. We're like thirty to forty minutes out now, and of go. course, not every meal can be prebolus. Life happens. She stopped with a friend, you know it's not going to be like you said perfect but right. she, if in the morning every morning i always check her before school uh, and i i whisper hey do you want your english muffin and peanut butter yes so
0: Here comes i bull,
1: i bull is for that and then she rolls out of bed 30 to 40 minutes later gets ready for school and off she goes and and she'll text me later hey thanks mom look at that we really nailed it mm-hmm. and 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 well we communicate a lot together. It's not always about diabetes, but the doctor made it sound like we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't be commenting on the successes. Like um, we, we make a joke there into baseball and um, MLB meaning major league baseball. They say MLB, like major league bola is what she says. She's <laughs> like, cool. this was, she's like, this was a real MLB kind of day. Or like her brother will say the same thing. If he sees her Dexcom, he's like, Oh, that's impressive. And, and we're not, Trying to well, so keep, again, that was a bad thing. So I'm the, like,
0: what's the idea behind not being happy about yeah. success? Like, I, I don't. You're, I mean, I here's what I do get. I get not constantly walking around going, "Hey, that temp basil just worked great." You know, like, like, you know, know be like, hey, did you notice how we got that 105 to 95 with that temp basil, woo, and take 10 minutes, like, but I don't imagine you're doing that either. No, that's too, too much, too much. And Michelle, listen, you know, it's always on me, like, in these situations, we don't really know each other very well, right? And so it's on me to, like, I have to sort of assess while you're talking did your doctor tell you this because you were in there like a crazed mess and he wanted to stop you or are you a reasonable person <laughs> and either would yeah. be completely acceptable by the way, but it just, I need to know like, like, you know, cause I only know your side of it, but now we've been talking right. for a half an hour. Now you're not out of your mind. You're not unreasonable. You're just excited that you've learned something about diabetes and it's going better. And yeah. the, sure. idea, the, I'm sorry, the idea that knowing how to, insulin works is too much effort to your doctor. That seems very much like I would want a different doctor. You well,
1: know. And and that's what we talked about after this visit. And um I am emotional. By the end of the visit I quit talking and there were tears. I just sat there, I felt like I had there was nothing I didn't sit there, I just, you know, wiped some tears and sat there and I just it was weird. Like we left and we went to get something to eat and Stella makes the comment, she's like, I don't know, should we even bolus for this? Like a joke.
0: (laughs) Just let's give up right now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, she's like, Should we even bolus for this? And you know, I'm like, Oh, thanks, kid Because it was just weird the advice we I, I guess another thing um, is the endocrinologist that we see. She's never once said, "Hey, this A1C is so low. You guys, this is getting dangerously good here." She didn't. She's never mentioned dangerously anything like good.
0: that. Yeah, dangerously good's a funny term. Um, well, I mean, yeah, and, and and so this, this guy, came out of left field, right? What he
1: completely, said completely, like not even, and that's that was so weird. And I kept trying to justify, like, um, I guess, like what we. Stella can eat anything she wants to eat and people will say, Oh, did your diet change a lot after she was diagnosed? I mean, yes and no, but I mean, it's, we all four eat the same thing. I'm not like making Stella, you know, carb free chicken. And the rest of us are having a giant bowl of pasta. Like Mm -hmm. if we want pasta, Stella would get pasta.
0: Um, I recorded an episode the other day with um, a great girl named Caitlin. She's a ballet dancer. And I don't know when it'll be on, if it ends up being on before or after when we talk but she she was joking and she's like, you know, I, I'm going to give you my share, uh, my Dexcom share and you can tell me when to bolus. And I was, when we were laughing about oh. it and, and, and I and and later in the day, because she talked about, she's like, I just don't know how some of the, like, how do you handle some of these things? And she's an adult who's had diabetes for a long time. And later in that night, I sent her a graph and I said, hey, it was really great talking to you today. By the way, here's Arden's graph from tonight. Here's what she had for dinner. Uh, we ordered out sesame chicken, white rice, edamame, ginger salad. Um, she had something else. But it was Chinese food. And her blood sugar was 84. And and she said, you know, is she going to get really low later? And I told her, no, I she'll probably creep up later. Because, you know, it, it's... You were talking earlier about, you know, what you can't always pre bowls, which is 100% true. And I bring up this Chinese food because it's a good example of that. Because Arden just like it was in the afternoon and her blood sugar just it crept up on me. And then she went upstairs and, you know, we kind of got separated for like a half an hour. When I came back, I was like, Arden, you're like 220. Like, what happened? Like, when you went upstairs, it was like 110. And then, um, you know, my wife's like, Hey, I ordered Chinese food. She's on her way home from work. And I was like, This is horrible timing. And, and, and but but instead of just being like, Well, I guess her blood sugar is going to be high or she's not going to eat or anything, I just gave her an obnoxious amount of insulin and and I got her 220 down 25 minutes later. And it might not have been where I wanted it when she began eating, but it was on its way to falling. And so it's you know I rushed basically I rushed the insulin ahead of it and then put the food in and then put in the rest of the insulin and so you know by the time she started eating yeah she was still like 140 but it was 140 with a diagonal down arrow so the blood sugar was continuing to drop even as this food with which is obviously very high in carbs and sugar and everything else. Even as this food is like attempting to pull her up, but it couldn't because there was so much insulin happening, and I and instead of stretching that insulin out with an extended bolus, which I would normally do to some degree for Chinese food, I front loaded all of it to take care of the high and to make sure that when the blood sugar started um, being affected by the food, that it couldn't it couldn't spike, and so when she finally leveled off at this eighty four number, it was my inclination she is going to go up later because I don't have any kind of extended insulin going for this Chinese food, which is going to, sit food in her stomach. It's going to sit in her stomach for a while and continue to try to push her blood sugar up. So the minute that the graph started going up, like when it, and I don't even mean like, like a diagonal up arrow. I mean, when you sort of see the end of that three hour line bending up, I, I increased her. Base you know you need and it. I gave in her, control. I gave her more insulin then. So we were bolusing at like 85 at like, 10 o'clock at night, maybe. And it and it ended up being the right thing to do. But I would not have had the nerve to do that without a Dexcom or a couple of years ago without all this information that I sort of now have.
1: The Dexcom makes a huge difference because you can make all of those. Um, you can make like Stella play softball and my... She was 85 going out to play in the outfield. Um, but it was really sunny outside. So in the back of my mom, But she'd suspended her pump. So... Um, when she plays, sometimes she'll suspend and just leave it on the bench uh, and run out. Uh, but he kept the Dexcom, her phone in his back pocket, and he's watching her, you know, horizontal line, 85, like, we're good to go. Like, we don't need to to do anything. But otherwise, 85, I might have been a little nervous of her standing out there and not knowing
0: right but, what, what's but, happening. But all indications to the opposite, 85 without insulin, as long as it's not dropping, your assumption's got to be at some point either the activity is going to hold her there. So the activity and the lack of insulin is going to hold her there, or she might hit some adrenaline with no insulin and start going up. And, you know, but you can see all that with the graph, which is, it's fantastic. You you, you know, um, but it's still not, not doable. You know, I, I feel badly. I got a note the other day from a gentleman who was like, can you talk about how to accomplish some of these things just with MDI? And I think I can, I think I can try to apply what I know to that life because we've lived that life with MDI and no no glucose yeah. monitor and stuff like that. But I mean, I I really do want to get somebody on with MDI and really just talk it through with them because I don't know that I have a specific answer right now. You know,
1: it's hard not seeing that the data. I mean, you don't know what that you don't. Yeah, that's hard. That's I, a hard question. I would have
0: never given insulin with an eighty-five blood sugar two hours after the giant bolus I gave Arden for Chinese food if I couldn't see her her Dexcom data. So yeah, that
1: would feel super dangerous.
0: <laughs> I would just be like, you know what, that's a bad idea. Um, yeah. But but it ended up being the right thing to do. So okay, yeah. so so you guys come out. So the the rest of this story is really interesting because your daughter's got a really great attitude about this, especially for her age. You know, just just understanding that what this guy was saying. Was probably not very valuable to you, like, in making that comment in the restaurant afterwards, like, maybe maybe we shouldn't just bolus. us like, let's just, what the hell, let's throw this insulin pump out the window and throw a caution to the wind.
1: Well, um, yeah, she was, it doesn't matter what, she's like, we can't, it doesn't matter what we do, because diabetes is on its own, you know, on its own, it's doing its own thing.
0: And 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 it is, and I do get when people say, because there'll be people that hear this that don't like the word control. They don't want to say, I'm well-controlled, yeah. because the inference is that if you're well-controlled, you could be not well-controlled. And if you're not well-controlled, then the inference, again, is that you're doing something wrong. And and I think that the concept of you're doing something wrong, I don't agree with at all. I don't think anyone's doing anything wrong. I do think that people have different levels of understanding, different levels of technology, and different levels of a lot of different aspects of this that that you need to make it happen, which is why I've sort of over the time of doing this kind of whittled it down to some basic thoughts. Like, don't be scared, you know, try to be bold with insulin. Yeah. Um, you know, it's much easier to uh, um, stop a low or a falling blood sugar than it is to affect a high one. Uh, and gotten it down to these kind of like basically these four little ideas that I think if you keep them as your tenets of this, things work out more often than not. You know what I mean? Not, I agree. not success or failure. Just you know, you are fighting with something that's um, y- you can't quite tell what it's going to do, and it could do something variable and crazy out of nowhere, or you might do something that doesn't affect it in a way that would have been valuable. And if you want to boil it down to its simplest terminology, did you make a mistake? Yes, but I don't think of it that way, and and I think so. I think that's also a big part for people you can't see something that didn't go the way you expected it to and think of that as a mistake. You can't feel stressed about it. You can't feel, um, you know, guilty about it. What you should do is go, Hey, you know, I've gone through this a million times. I bolus this, this happened. I wish this would have happened next time. I'll try this. It's a learning exactly. experience, It's all learning experience. You can't think of it as a mistake. If you start thinking about them as mistakes, you will get buried in guilt and stress. So just just tell yourself this, eventually all those things that I do that don't go exactly the way I want them to, those experiences are going to build up and I'm going to start doing those things and they are going to go the way I want them to. And then that's when I'm going to be at that spot that I hear other people talking about in blogs and podcasts and stuff like that. And, you know, it just, it, it'll alleviate so much from your life and just make everything like, I can't tell you, like, the joy I feel, like, seeing my daughter come downstairs from her homework to grab Chinese takeout in her arms and go back upstairs to keep doing her homework and just feel like, wow, like, that's such a normal everyday thing, y- you know? It is. Yeah, and it's just, and it's great. I love it, I you know?
1: Yeah, she doesn't, she can do what any other kid can do. We just gotta... Pre bolus, right?
0: right? <laughs> that's it. You just have to. Pre bolusing is the one thing I didn't bring up, right? You have to, but that's the the bigger idea, which I'm starting to wrap my head around. Is maybe most of this, even the you know spiking and bumping and nudging lines and stuff like that on the next time, most of it in the end boils down to just figuring out how the man made insulin works in your body. Like yes. once you get that straight, then you can manipulate all these other situations much more liberally, I guess.
1: Well, and, and like I guess I do that a lot. Like I try to, we did a bolus and I'm like, I'll write down what I did. Um, Oh, there's some tortillas, homemade tortillas that she likes. And it seems like we do a full bolus and she'll go low after. So we watched, like, I want to know why, like this time she went low and then last time she didn't. So I'll ask questions like, hey, did you pre-bolus? And no, I forgot. Okay, good enough, that makes sense. Right. And now I understand the why.
0: So you don't get lost in the wondering of it. And, and I think the why is interesting. I think the why takes, but all- I
1: got to be Go careful and not be annoying. Like I don't want to be pestering, you know,
0: you're already why, your mom, why, you're why, probably why. annoying already. So <laughs> she's True. probably annoyed by you no matter what, but you're hundred percent right. Story. You definitely yeah. don't want to be upper butt about it and, and turn it into something that is, Um, you know, a chore, a pain in the ass or, you know, a situation between where she feels adversarial with you or anything else. And you're hundred percent right about that. I was, I was going to get off tangent for a second, talk about the why, like there are times, and I mean this very clearly, like what you just said, there are times something happens and you want to know why so that next time it doesn't happen again. And that's a great idea. And there are times when I see people get stuck in the Why? Well, I did this, I did that. And now our blood sugar's three hundred. I can't figure out why. I'm like, and, and that's when I say, "Why doesn't matter?" Bolus again.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> right, don't right, stop, right, Don't yeah. sit
0: around, be, you know, going, "Huh, I don't know." Here's what you do know, right? Your blood sugar's too high, uh, and yeah. so, and, and so, I think I can safely say that if your blood sugar is too high, you have either miscalculated, mistimed, or done both with your insulin. And the same when it's low. If it's too low, you've either miscalculated, mistimed, or done both. It's very – it's it's, it's not – it seems like rocket science because there are so many crazy variables that we try to talk about and think about. Like, oh, my God, her, yes. bl- her blood sugar is low. Is that because she was outside running around in the yard eight hours ago? You know what my qu- answer to that is? I don't care. Her blood sugar is low. Do something about it. Just y- do something about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if – if you want to try to fix it for next time, right on, you, you know, but don't get so caught up in the why that you forget to manage now. Like I think it's just about being fluid. You, you know you just really need to stay, you know you need to stay in the moment and take take your, you know, take your lessons where you can and and try to find a quiet moment where you can to piece them all together. And if you can't piece them all together, just listen to the podcast. It's simpler. It really, it really is. It's much easier to listen to other people figure things out than it is to have to figure it out on your own. That would be, you know.
1: It is. And like the way you describe it, like our endocrinologist's office has never given me a detailed class on how insulin works. Uh, that would be super helpful. I've had, a, you know, I've learned in other ways, but they don't tell you that stuff. They didn't, they've never suggested pre bolusing either. So it's like, um.
0: So some of the major tools you're finding the most helpful, no one's ever brought to your attention.
1: No. And like the temporary, I remember when we, she was on um, MDI for about three years and then went to a pump and she, um, I didn't know anything about temp basils. So Mm -hmm. we go to the appointment, we order the pump, we go to the appointment. I think she wears it with saline for, I don't know, a night or two or something and then we go back up the next day and then we put in real insulin. So we're, we're running as we should, right. but no one explained, um, uh, tent basils. And then I, um, going into like Thanksgiving or Christmases, any of those holiday eating times and knowing about those were huge game changers. Like we were battling holidays, um, uh, extremely high because we were just kept bolusing for the food, kept bolusing for the food. And, and like now we're driving over to Grandma's 45 minutes away, and cell's like, "Oh, I'm going big today," so she'll crank it up to 200 for you know three hours and then stay pretty uh flatlined that whole day. so it's tips like that that you hear that make a big difference, but I guess I mean the, the, if you don't actually have type 1, I think it might be hard to know some of
0: that stuff yeah. like and I also think that you know in in, in fairness to doctors there are some great doctors who will tell you about stuff like that and and there are some that won't i don't know that they're i don't know that they're necessarily holding that information back from you and i and i and i don't necessarily know that they don't know it it's you know everything's going to be different depending on who you're you're dealing with but but i think that in the end it's been my experience that it's the it's the it's the, you know, it's the litigation part of the world. You know, I think that what, I think that what most doctors are comfortable doing is not killing you today. Yeah. yeah right. I think they're, they're happy to kill you over the long run if they need to, uh, you, you know, um, but because then they'll just say, well, that's the disease. There wasn't anything you could do about it. Don't worry. We've done all we can, you know, and all that stuff. Um but no one wants to be responsible in the moment. No one wants to say to you, hey, I want you to go home and try this because if it gets sideways on you, you're going to blame them.
1: And it was their great idea. Yeah, yeah,
0: And so, I mean, no one understands that more than me. It's why in every episode I have to say nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast is considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before blah, 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 blah. I'm just an idiot with a podcast, right? <laughs> and, and so it, because... because the difference, but, we, but it's, but we I, you know what I mean? We want to
1: send you our, but you call yourself an idiot. But meanwhile, we'd love to send you our share. Here, here's Stella for the day. Let me know what you, throw out any suggestions. You but know, see, like.
0: Here's the funny thing, Michelle. <laughs> I don't need Stella for the day and I don't need her share. Right, exactly. I just need this. Uh, if your blood sugar is too high, you don't have enough insulin or you mistimed it. If it's too low, you don't have enough insulin or you mistimed it that's it. Figure out the rest. And what does that mean? It means understanding how long it takes insulin to work in your body. It means understanding that when I take a bite of this, this is how long it takes for my blood sugar to start to rise. So if I'm going to eat food that makes my blood sugar start rising in 15 minutes and it takes 30 minutes for my insulin to start working, I need a 15 minute pre bolus 15 minutes in, I start eating And then 30 minutes later, the insulin's working great. When the food starts, blah, blah, whatever the numbers end up being, you need to understand that that's what you need to understand. The rest of it's just sort of not as important, honestly. And and here's where this all becomes very difficult. We talk about it kind of very like, ooh, like this. The insulin can kill you. And that's scary, right? Right, right. And so the rest of this equation is you have to figure it out. So you can get into a point where you can be bold with the insulin without being fearful that you're going to hurt yourself. And I'm not saying that's easy and it's definitely not. And it's much easier for a caregiver than it is for an adult or or who's taking care of themselves, you know, because for a number of reasons, if I live by myself, it might be more frightening for me to be aggressive with insulin. You, You know, if, if, and, and on some sort of weird plane, We're in charge of our children, right? If I tell my daughter, now's the time you're going to drink a juice box. She drinks the juice box. You know what I mean? For the most part. But adults, you'll hear stories from adults all the time. I was sitting in my lounge chair watching television. I could feel my blood sugar getting low. I knew I should do something about it. And I just didn't. Yeah, right. And so uh, a child has the benefit of hopefully an, an adult or a loved one to stand over them and say, hey, now's the time to do this. Now's the time to do that. My whole goal, by the way... Is that this becomes so commonplace for Arden that by the time I release her into the world, she doesn't even stop and wonder about it. It just happens. Because I am not unaware that she's going to become an adult, that she's going to be in that situation where she sits in the chair and goes, I don't care. I've seen her do it here. I've talked about it on the podcast. I've said to her, hey, you need to get up and drink a juice. And she'll say, I don't want to. I don't want to. And then just almost half-heartedly and kind of jokingly and kind of not go, I'm just going to sit here and die. You know, like, like, and so, which, you know, her sarcasm, her sarcasms is, I'm proud of it. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you can see how one day she'll turn into an 18 year old who might be off at college and be, you know, distracted or turn into a 22 year old who becomes more infatuated with something than her health. I get that. So my whole goal is, is to just turn diabetes into flushing the toilet. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like who leaves the bathroom and doesn't flush the toilet? And if they okay. you know what I'm saying? And so, so like, I just want it to happen. It just happens. You walk through a door, you reach back, you grab it, you close it, you walk out of a room, you flip a light switch, you leave the bathroom, you flush the toilet, you wash your hands, things that just happen. If I can accomplish that, then I can maybe sleep with one eye closed when she leaves as an adult, (laughs) you know? And so that's the goal. By the way, it could all not work out. And I'm not unaware of that. But at least then what I can say is, while she's figuring it out as an adult, I can at least be a little comforted knowing that from the time she was however old until uh, when this began to happen, that her, her A1Cs were so stable that maybe we'll give her a chance to screw up and figure it out without hurting herself long term. You know, so I think that's the honesty of what we're trying to do. You know, um, and I think doctors are like, Well just don't die today. But yeah, uh, yeah
1: just don't die today. Yeah, yeah, well, that's all. Yeah, congratulations. Uh I see that um like what you said, um like what you were telling Arden to do just to become second nature, I kind of see sometimes with Stella, like I'll watch her decks and like, Whoa, you double arrow up, you're you know, one seventy nine and she's like, Yep, I'm already uh two hundred for an hour. So she I'll hear I'll I'm going to give her a suggestion a text and she's already done it mm-hmm. so I'm like hey you're a genius nice job kid keep up the good work or and, and I'll tell you know, you right something now. like that so she's 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 beat me to it and I love that right. like
0: and I think that you're you're ahead of me in that situation then because Art and I are in such a symbiotic relationship with this that she knows I'm going to be there and we're going to talk about it and then you know I'll ask her like what would you do here but I do sometimes think that she waits for that to happen. And, oh. so, and so that's a step we have to take together. Like we have to get her to that spot where she's, you know. And so there's been a trade-off there for us. Like we've done such a good job of not burdening her with having diabetes that yeah. in those moments she's not as, um, you know, she doesn't jump into action the way you would kind of hope her to. Yeah. And, and so well, that's going to be a transition too.
1: Right. And 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 I guess he the doctor hit on that too. He said, this is Stella's. It's not mine. And I'm like, okay, but I'm her mom. And if I can, and I use the word burden, I go, if I can alleviate some of that burden, um, I'm going to do that. And I explained to him our pre-bullish routine for the morning. Mm-hmm. And then he looked at Stella and goes, well, is that helpful? And I'm like, dude, really? Stella goes, yes. But you could tell she was kind of like, she was kind of scared to tell this guy that my mom's helping me seemed like it was a, like maybe that wasn't okay. Maybe I shouldn't be sharing that. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. So I mean, it just sounds like he's got a very firm theory about how this works best. And what I would say is if that's his theory and everybody in his practice has nine a one C's, maybe his theory needs to be adjusted a little bit. You you, you know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't come out and tell me you're the greatest football coach of all time and win one game this season you know, my plan is fantastic. Look at it. Look at it. Look at my fantastic plan. It all makes sense on paper. We do, however, never win. And so, you know, but but I know I I trust myself. Um, And and I and sometimes I ask, you know, I'd love to ask a doctor, you know, this great advice that you've been giving forever. Do you ever check up on those people? Do you know how they are right now? You, you, you You know what I mean? Like you've given them this this advice and you've given them a way to think about their diabetes. Now it's 20 years later. Where are they? How are they doing now? Like, did your advice a, really work out? You know,
1: that's that's a good question. Nah. Yeah.
0: So yeah, I, I didn't.
1: Th- I didn't ask that. I had. I was. I was stuck. I didn't never know what see to that say. person
0: again in my life if I was you.
1: We won't. And we. Uh, Stella said that too. She goes. I. Well, that was the first thing I think she said when she got in the car. I'm never going to see him again. And I said I understand. Mm-hmm. And I talked to her endocrinologist after, and she goes. She was. I talked with doctor with the doctor. How did it go? And I'm like. Um, I'm curious at his take on it. Like, I wanted to hear from her first. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, and she didn't say much. And so I go, okay, well, I'll give you my version. And then went into it. And she goes, yeah, you know, that sounds like it wasn't helpful. <laughs> and um, she recommended. She goes, let's just forget about that visit and move on. I go, yeah, I think that's um, well, I think that's best well, well, for so all of
0: us. We had such a great conversation, but we didn't talk about have your husband and you found a better balance. Because I'm assuming what you mean by better balance is one of you is doing more of it than the other.
1: For sure, and okay. I I feel like it's probably it's me doing more, and um, I felt like it's more like ninety ten probably, mm-hmm. and he felt it was more eighty twenty, which
0: um, <laughs> he's splitting hairs. I love guys; guys yeah. are fantastic. <laughs> You're like, I think this is ninety ten. It's a problem. Goes, yeah, you know, it's probably more like eighty <laughs> twenty. Right. 20 Did you say that? I don't still see how that helps me, but <laughs> and I it, I said uh,
1: I was actually like, okay, well, at least we're close because trying to keep you know don't need to go to that negative space i'm like okay so it, i was pumped that he at least um acknowledged that there was a discrepancy sure, you know sure, he, sure. um and so and so yeah I, I we talked about um i leave for work later than he does and he leaves quite earlier 4 or 5 mm-hmm. so i sometimes i would be frustrated because you know i find her in the morning and if she's a little higher than i would like then um he, you know, was in a hurry or whatever it was happened and didn't check. And so I, I explained to him the importance of, I, you, have, you can't leave and not look at Dexcom on the way out. And he's like, sure, no problem. Like, he's a reasonable person. He cares, you know. But I hadn't taken the time to explain to him that, you know, if I find her, you know, a little
0: higher... It, um, it sort of retards the whole he, morning. Like everything yeah. is, yeah. And so it, uh, what you're it, describing is kind of a fantastic like, benefit. Like having someone at 4 o'clock see a 150 and bolus a little bit yes. to get it to 100 when you wake up later, that's such a great thing, you know?
1: Exactly. And then she's
0: uh, she's
1: eating about 7, so when he does that at 4, like the insulin's gone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, we're… pre
0: is pretty safe at that point. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So I'm not doing a giant correction and a pre-bolus. I'm more just pre-bolusing.
0: So he got her. he got that. And then what else yeah. is that? I mean, I'm assuming, listen, also, let's not denigrate the man. I'm sure he goes and works a hard job all day. And then, for sure.
1: He's a carpenter. Again, so he does. Work, he's working hard, and I'm an instructional assistant, so I'm more emotionally burnt by the end of the day right. than so. You physical. guys are
0: just an absolute horrible match by the end of the day. You're emotionally spent, <laughs> and he's physically beat up. Together, you're useless, and so yeah,
1: exactly. We're like, fella save yourself, okay? Because mom and dad are done, <laughs> honey.
0: That's it. Uh, we've done all we can do, and uh, you're on your own. So, and listen, that happens too, by the way. Uh, but but so, are you finding a better balance in the evenings then? And. I mean, yes. has it worked out better for you? And what did you do to figure? I mean, it sounds like communication is what you figured out.
1: Yeah, communication and like me saying, "Hey, uh, her being higher in the morning." I guess I, I of course would never leave work without getting to check her. So that was me saying, "Well, you know, that's not that it's not fair, but when you do that part, like by you doing your four a.m. check, that helps." me and Stella later in the day mm-hmm. and he's like okay no problem I'll do it and of course he did and then um in lunch so Stella she usually she's been so on target at lunch we hadn't been pre-bolusing she'd be like I don't know high 70s or 80s so we weren't necessarily pre-bolusing Right. Uh, but then um and, and, and she'd stay on target but now she'll text me in third period and say hey I'm going to pre-bolus and she will do it about 50 minutes before if she's on the higher end of her target. So Stella's kind of took, um, took, took that part on. And then dinner is dinner's harder time for us. Uh, it seems like they have, the kids are going to activities and we're trying to get a, like, a Stella's going to volleyball and I told him, uh, I'll be aggressive with insulin. She'll take off. Maybe not do a correction, but be aggressive with all of the food. And then he goes, yeah, I was sitting at volleyball. She was double arrow down. And then all of a sudden it just bounced out. He he said he's too nervous to do that, but I'm not. So he'll... He'll watch, but he, but he'll watch the Dexcom so right. he can react if he needs to. And the so, more, you know, more, that's teamwork.
0: Yeah, and the more together he has, the more times he has with that, the more he'll his fear will alleviate too. And and it'll it'll listen. It's all going to work out. It sounds like you're on a good path now. For sure. I would I would definitely try to get my co pay back from the other doctor.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh,
0: <and> to, <laughs> totally be like, listen, I you owe us.
1: Strongly a worded money, letter yeah, here. Yeah,
0: you owe us the forty dollars back. You're really terrible at this. Um, oh. But no, you know, good, never for you. Again. good for you and and thank you for sharing this whole thing because it really is, I'm sure, something that people go through a lot more than we even talk about is that, that you know, and I, I've i brought it up a couple of times just in passing, how people will contact me and say, hey, I started listening to the podcast, you know, uh, we went in, A1C was down like two points, we were thrilled, then the doctor yelled at me <laughs> and, yeah, like, and, and like, I probably, was like, yeah. and, you know, and I'll say to them, look, they probably just imagine that you've had these really protracted lows. And that's how the A1C is averaging down like that, because you've been, you know, you've been two points higher this whole time. They don't recognize that you have may have, you know, what probably seems like magically figured it out to them. Um and then, what are you really going to do? Tell them I was listening to a podcast. Like, like that's right. not going to get you anywhere in your doctor's office. By the way, whoever's listening, never tell your doctor you learned something on a podcast. They're <laughs> not going. They're not going to be. Not- they're not going to be like, oh, okay. Well, then we'll just throw my medical school out the window and go with whatever you heard through iTunes. And right. You, you know, yeah. and it, it's you know, you so see, you have to sort of be a little smart about it, but you know, say, oh, here's what we've uh, learned or figured out or or whatever, because it's you know, you can put them off. And then well, they might start discounting what you're saying,
1: right? then then then, then you do fall in the crazy category. Then you
0: look nuts. You start yeah. yelling about a podcast in a doctor's office. <laughs> you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, then <laughs> so. they're gonna have to file their necessary report on me when they leave.
0: I saw a billboard that explained the whole thing to me. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, <laughs> great. They're calling Difus, you know, <sighs> and, and so you know, it just it it is a lot of work. Do you feel better? Um, even just since I do. we talked.
1: I do i i um when you said yes, I think he's wrong, i mean i was i felt great from that point on, like i just uh it, it was everything that i've listened to what you said it's never you've never advocated for, hey, you know what if your a one c's high, just let it ride it's no big deal like that's you know like if there's even something small that you could do to nudge it down a smidge or to feel why not take to a be closer back? to target yeah. like i mean, I think it's worth it, and go for it like if it's not crazy or super extravagant, um, uh,
0: just detailed,
1: careful. it's going to take a ton of time. And, right. you know, but something small, like pre bowl, something as small as pre bowl thing. And then like temporary basils, I think, or can make huge differences yeah, going no. into, um, different meals.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I can um, tell you that, that I think Arden's about ready for a, a basal rate change. I'm getting that feeling like watching her graph recently. It's just I think it's time again. she grew oh, little, growing. Yeah, she grew a little bit more, and um, I definitely think that's going to be it. And we're going to go into her. She has her uh, her endo appointment in three days.
1: Okay. And,
0: and yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good. Like I I just pulled up her 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 clarity report on my phone real quick, and it says over the last 14 days her average blood sugar has been 121 and her estimated A1C is 5.9.
1: So how close will it be to
0: this thing? Is oddly close for us. Okay,
1: ours so. has ours has been whatever it's estimated. Ours has been a, a down a little bit. Okay, so well, it's bad. I don't know if it's you know what they she's say. off the grid sometimes.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's so, but but I can tell you that there have been times in the last three months where Arden's blood sugar has been difficult for days, or you know, protracted amounts of hours. It's again, you know, to your point from earlier it's not like her blood sugar's constantly 95 it's just not like that you know so um it's just about not accepting the the spikes not living in them not saying things like well i gave insulin so i'll wait 3 hours and do it again you know
1: right and that's when we were when Stella was first diagnosed that was the training that you were given mm-hmm. like
0: Oh, well, they double don't want you to kill them in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no, and, and it's sure. reasonable, by the way. You don't really all know right. what the heck you're doing at all. And they're handing you this medicine and they know in their heart if you give them too much of it, like, you know, bad things right. can happen. So they're not – no one's telling you to be, hey, go get them killer on the first day. But <laughs> but they should, they should definitely give you better tools so that when things happen, it doesn't seem crazy because – and we're up on an hour, but I'll, I'll kind of like wrap up and say yes. it's weird to tell somebody – count the carbs, give the insulin, and then everything's going to be okay, except then their blood sugar goes up to 300, and then you say, well, yeah, that could happen. You you, you know, and so now you're at home imagining your kid's eyeballs popping out when they're 30, right, and and watching this 300 blood sugar for five hours while the guy's like, well, he told me not to stack insulin, so I have to wait for whatever the insulin action time is to bolus again, and then by the time you do that, it's time to eat again, and then yeah, you're stuck all,
1: at 300 all day. All day. Yeah, stuck,
0: right? So, you know, I have I've pretty much used every bizarre, you know, um, way I can to like describe it, you, you know. But just in the end, it, it really does boil down to you sort of have to trust your gut, you, you know. Like like if something seems wrong, it's probably wrong. Y- y- probably you know? wrong. yeah. That that's all. Like don't you know? Don't wait for somebody who has letters behind their name to tell you that it's wrong. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just, it's sort of meaningless. You, you know what I mean? Like you would not, you know, you know, if a tree limb fell through your roof and made a hole in the roof, you wouldn't call the roofer if it was raining and say, hey, do you think we should cover that hole? You're the professional, tell me what you think. You, yeah, you, I would you figure you, it you, out. Yeah, you'd yeah. be like, I need to figure this out. There's rain coming through my roof. Like, like you, right. you know, and, but when it's a doctor, we go, oh, there's rain coming through the roof. You know, we have an appointment in two and a half months. When we get there, I'll ask the guy what we should do about this. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so that's kind right. of how I, I, think about it. I
1: I agree and I hear you. So. Mm.
0: All right, Michelle. Go get him, killer. All
1: right. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> You're very welcome. Have
0: a great day. Alright, you too. Bye-bye. Stella. Thank you so much to Michelle for coming on and telling Stella's story. And thank you to Stella for making that fantastic joke in the restaurant after the doctor's appointment. It absolutely made my day. Again, now, I, you know, I said it in the beginning, and maybe you didn't believe me then, but you believe me now, this ended up being a really fantastic episode of the podcast. I truly, truly love this one. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Omnipod and Dexcom. Please click on your links in your show notes to find out more, or go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox, or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. You will be absolutely pleased that you've done that if you do. That's pretty much it. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, leave a rating and a review on iTunes that says, this podcast is amazing. Or, you know, use your own words. Um, And then give it five stars because, I mean, why would you go all that way and then do four stars? That's silly. I'll see you next week.